I am the good shepherd, our Lord tells us in our gospel. And in so doing, he offers us one of the most beautiful images in all of sacred scripture. Christ is our guardian and guide, our good shepherd. However, the implication behind this beautiful image is that we are the sheep. It might not be the most flattering of metaphors, but it's true at least in this sense. Sheep need a shepherd, and so do we. There are many reasons why sheep need a shepherd, but I'll give one. They need a leader to follow, a leader who will guide them uh, correctly, appropriately, right? Sheep are a flock animal. They have something of a herd mentality. They have a, tr a strong tendency to follow. And sometimes the leader they follow, it could simply just be the first animal that starts moving, for better or for worse. That's why they need a shepherd to lead them rather than just a random sheep. I came across a bizarre news story a few years ago which illustrates why sheep need a, a leader to guide them, a shepherd to guide them. In 2005, in Turkey, in a small village, there was a horrible accident involving 1,500 sheep. It was morning, and the sheep were out grazing at pasture. The shepherds thought it was good, a good time to sneak away and have breakfast while they were eating one sheep tried to jump over a ravine, jump a ravine. Didn't make the jump and fell 50 feet, did not survive the fall. Losing one sheep is bad, but what happened next was incredibly even more worse. Every single sheep of the nearly 1,500 followed. They all tried to jump the ravine, and none of them made the jump. They all fell nearly 50 feet. Now, over 400 were killed. It would have been higher, but those who jumped later, their, their fall was cushioned by, by those who had already fallen in the ravine. Okay, like I said, a bizarre story and really a tragedy for those families who were invested in those sheep and, and had lost their sheep. But I mentioned this terrible accident because it's a strong illustration of the simple fact that sheep need a shepherd to guide them, to follow. Sheep need a shepherd, and unflattering as it may sound, so do we. In a spiritual sense, we need a shepherd to follow, the good shepherd who will guide us along the right path, as we hear in Psalm 23. Christ is that good shepherd, and by his teaching, those truths he reveals, he guides us along that right path. And Christ the Good Shepherd continues to guide us today, as he has in every age, through sacred scripture, through tradition, through the teaching of, of his church. We see that last option in our first reading. St. Peter is standing before the most powerful men in all of Israel. Men who, a few months before, had conspired to crucify Christ. And the fisherman has the audacity to say, there is no salvation through anyone else but Jesus. 
And the name of Jesus is the only name under heaven given to the human race by which we are to be saved. In our gospel, Christ says he seeks to gather his scattered sheep into his one flock. And in our first reading, the good shepherd speaks through the words of Peter, calling out to the lost sheep of the Sanhedrin to come home. St. Peter's exhortation, nonetheless, was unpopular in his day. It is equally unpopular in our own, albeit for different reasons. In 2021, many would hear those words of St. Peter, that there's no salvation through anyone other than Jesus, and think they were offensive, divisive, intolerant, maybe arrogant. Why? Well, I would say at least in part because our secular culture long ago embraced an idea called religious indifferentism. Religious indifferentism is the idea that all religions are pretty much the same. So it doesn't really matter which one you believe or practice as long as you're sincere. And this is a great impoverishment because it takes the most important questions in the human life, questions about what is the purpose and meaning of our existence. Is there a God? Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? And many, many more. And religious indifferentism essentially says the answer is whatever you prefer. Whatever suits you, there's no absolute truth, no absolute right or wrong. Now, I understand why religious indifferentism sounds attractive to a pluralistic society, a society where people have different religious backgrounds. And don't get me wrong, we can and should love those we disagree with, respect those we disagree with, uh, even be friends with those we disagree with. But I will offer two criticisms of religious indifferentism. Number one, it's internally incoherent. And number two, it is utterly incompatible with any following of Christ, with, with being a Christian in any sense of the word. Now, let me give you an example, one example illustrating both points. Long ago, there was a TV show called The Dick Cavett Show. And in 1970, one night, he had two guests on the show. One was actress Jane Fonda, who at that point was relatively young. The other one was a little bit unusual for a, talk, a late night talk show, or actually, I don't know that it was a late night talk show, uh, what, what, whatever time of day it was on. It was the, he had the Anglican Archbishop of Canterbury as his second guest. And you can look this up on YouTube. Last time I checked, it was up there. And it's quite the contrast to see the glamorous young Jane Fonda, a Hollywood star, and an old, heavy-set Anglican archbishop, pretty much the opposite of glamour. At some point, the conversation turns towards religion. And this Anglican archbishop says, Jesus is the Son of God, you know. Jane Fonda replies, well, maybe he is for you, he's not for me. And the archbishop comes back quickly saying, well, either he is or he isn't. And to my pleasant surprise, the, surprise, the, the studio audience erupted in cheers. 
And the archbishop, he's absolutely correct. Simple common sense tells us that the proposition Jesus is the Son of God cannot both be true and false at the same time, in the same sense. Now, if this anecdote doesn't convince you of the incoherence of religious indifferentism, I would say it certainly shows that we can't follow Christ and adhere to religious indifferentism in any coherent sense. Yet here's the danger. Religious indifferentism, it has a subtle yet powerful influence over us. It is the philosophical underpinning behind how much of our pop culture talks about religion, meaning our entertainment, our news, etc. And it can have a sneaky effect on us. It's in the air we breathe, so to speak. Now, I'll be honest, we can't truly live in this society without it affecting us at least a little bit, at least in some way. And while, yes, we aren't flock animals, we certainly don't like to go against the grain or stand uh, apart from the group. And if we're left to our own devices, we may very well follow the herd, even if it means metaphorically following, following them off a cliff, leaving the flock of the good shepherd. We need a shepherd to guide us along the right path, and we have the good shepherd to do that. And the guidance is still offered in scripture, tradition, and the Catholic Church. Through those means, he continues to teach and exhort us to, to guide us and lead us and we need to engage with that revelation. We need to learn it. We need to uh, interiorize it and live it. We do that by reading the Bible, reading the catechism. And I'll make this pitch for the catechism, because it's probably the one of the two people have uh, the least amount of familiarity with. The English translation of the catechism was published in 97. I vividly remember being 21 and at a friend's house in college in 2006 watching a basketball game and during halftime I noticed on his coffee table was a copy of the catechism. So I picked it up and I flipped to the index and I found one topic that was interesting to me and I went to it, found another. The next thing I knew, the second half had started and I was still reading this catechism. If you get a catechism, I am willing to bet you can go to the index and find several topics that pique your interest. If we would do this daily, if we would spend 10 minutes reading prayerfully scripture and 10 minutes the catechism, or if that sounds too intimidating, maybe we alternate between one or the other, then we are allowing the Good Shepherd to begin to guide us and lead us. We are allowing him to guide us along the right path. So as we continue with, with Mass, let us ask the Good Shepherd to dispose us well to his guidance so that he can lead us to those green pastures where he can give rest to our soul. We all need a shepherd, so let us follow he who is the Good Shepherd.